Shall we read a poem from A Light in the Attic? Hello, Paul, and welcome to a Shall We Read a Poem? I'm Russ. And I'm James, a guest host. That's right. We have a stranger here today. I have definitely helped out before as a friend of the podcast. A stranger here today. Mm. Yes, that's right. Friends of the show and its many affiliates will recognize James from our sister slash spiritual equal podcast, Hey James, Watch This, where we talk about um, movies. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. No, we're here to talk about some poems, aren't we? Oh my, yes. Well, (laughs) being the guest, please read us a poem. Uh, I would like to read the poem, Who Ordered the Broiled Face? Well, here you are, just as you ordered, broiled face with butter sauce, mashed potatoes on the side. What do you mean you wanted me fried? You're a good cook, aren't you, James? I'm all right. I, uh, I've never tried broiled or fried face, but uh, this... <laughs> the reason I chose this poem is because when I was going through the book reading them and just trying to find one that I connected with, and as I read this, it... It really brought a strong memory back. Hmm. Now, when I say strong, I mean the sort of feelings and the emotions that I had at the time, but not necessarily all the details. So some of what I'm about to tell you might be lies. Never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Precisely. This would have been when I was still in university, uh, probably towards the end or maybe right after. And I remember one day... I was I had I, I was very very physically tired and hadn't eaten much food but I felt good like the kind of tired where you got a lot of stuff done and I was like I'm going to treat myself and I'm going to stop by a restaurant to eat and so I uh, stopped by this just this you know just this little Tex-Mex place nothing special and I ordered a meal that consisted of a bunch uh, it, it was a uh, it was just a bunch of meat and cheese and veggies and rice you know this that kind of thing which you with Tex-Mex. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but this one was literally like just a bowl of that. It was pretty it was pretty basic. But I was so hungry, it was absolutely delicious. I ordered the version with beef, and it, they brought it to my table, and I ate the entire thing in about five minutes because I was very hungry and I'm a fast eater. And then I realized that they had brought me the chicken version. And <laughs> as I was getting ready to pay, well, actually, I didn't realize that first. The, the waitress came up and said, oh, here's the beef. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> I ate someone's food. And I was like, oh, they already brought it. <laughs> but because I had eaten all of it, <laughs> I, I could. So be- swiftly, it, it, you barely tasted it going down. It was one of those Absolutely. things where it was like, oh, no, 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 no. It, it, it literally did not matter what they what version they brought me. And uh, that is why I latched onto this poem. It really evoked that memory strongly of like, this isn't what I ordered, except this person has noticed, whereas I would not have. Did they bring you a second meal? Oh, no. I I, I was, I I told them I had already gotten it and I paid and left. I wasn't, no, by the time I was finished eating, I wasn't hungry after that. I feel like in the, the Splinter universe, the one that's better than this one, <laughs> you received two bowls. You, you ate the chicken one, and then went. they came up to your table and were like, I'm so sorry, we brought you the chicken one and not the beef one. Here is your beef one, and let me clear away this detritus for you. 
So I was embarrassed that I had eaten it without even basically looking at it because even a visual <laughs> inspection would have been enough to determine that it was the wrong thing. And I don't support this in restaurants. If they bring you the wrong order, you need to tell them because that's some, literally someone else's food and someone else is waiting, right? But I just, I didn't, I just didn't. And so I kind of lied. I was like, oh no, they, they already brought it out. I finished it up. And she looked confused for a second and then walked away and I left a good tip because I felt really bad. I mean, I always leave a decent tip, but you know, so. I, I have often been the benefactor of erroneous restaurant orders. I think I was telling you the other day that I, I was at a pub that's right next to me and I came in and I ordered one drink. Yes. And then one of the bartenders came by and said, hey, I've just brewed my own beer. Would you like to have some? I was like, absolutely, I would like to have some of your beer. And then I drank that. And then the waitress said, you know, someone ordered a lager and didn't mean to. Do you want a lager? I was like, sure. And I walked out having had three drinks and only having ordered one. I am curious about that lager one. Like the, the guy brewing his own beer, that's on the level. How do you yeah. order a lager and not mean to? Like, did they just order the wrong lager? So, well, yeah, here's the thing. The the pub next to me, you would actually really enjoy it because they don't really have any name brand beers. Oh, cool. So th- they're a brewery with a restaurant attached to it. And so if someone comes in and orders like a Bud Light or something, they're like, we don't have that, but we do have our lager that we make here yeah and so i imagine the situation was someone was like hey i'll take a bud light there and the understanding was you're going to get a lager that we make here but then it was this strange thing and they're like i don't want that i'd like i'd rather i think the only name brand one they carry is corona maybe oh right and so he's like no i'd rather have a corona so they just ended up with this extra lager i that is fascinating to me like Loggers are easily the most common type of beer. Yeah, in the they all taste world. the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, like they, you could argue, like a Bud Light is maybe not as good as a non-light lager, <laughs> but beyond that, it's it's it's. And when you get into Bud Light, it's like, oh, they don't want a beer; they want a glass of water and ice with a little beer in it. That's what they yeah. want. Even if you get into loggers, if you give me a Bud Light and an Asahi, I can tell you the difference between those right. on taste alone. But they both taste like loggers. Like they taste yeah. like the color yellow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not a it's not a particularly complex challenge. Uh, <laughs> what was the last thing you broiled? Hmm. I don't. Well, so we need to define broiling because it's yes, different. Yes, we do. It's different in Britain. You see where it, my line of questioning is going <laughs> in the U.S. I believe they would we would call broiling barbecuing. No, that's grilling. Or grilling, that's right, grilling. Here are the threes. If you grill, that's heat from below. If you bake, that's heat from all around. If you broil, that's heat from above. The last thing I broiled, I don't think I've ever cooked anything solely by broiling it. Mm-hmm. But the last thing I broiled, I had made some pork ribs and I want I cook them slow in the oven because I don't feel like getting out my gigantic charcoal grill Mm. and so in order to put a little char on them and get the sauce thickened up you know i cook them with just a rub for two three hours at a low temperature to get them nice and you know tender and then what i do is i i base the sauce on with a brush and then you just char that in the oven uh until until it it gets a little bit of char you don't want it like blackened you know but it 
and then and then you baste more sauce. You do that a few times. So that would be the last thing was pork ribs. Do you own an air fryer? I do not. Uh, I am. I have so much kitchen stuff. My parents for a couple Christmases ago got me this gigantic sous vide. Um, I have an instant <laughs> pot. I have an immersion blender. I have a high, a high power blender. I I don't want more kitchen stuff. I, I have don't three crock pots. Yeah, I mean, I know they're cool. Like I know they make good food, but they're only space savers if you're not getting it to add another thing to your kitchen. If I'm not replacing anything, that it's not saving space. And I love that they're called air fryers because they don't fry; they broil. Yeah, that's true. Air fryers are exclude. That's. That's well, the mechanic. That's what it really they... is like is a small convection oven because they use hot yeah. air to, yeah. But the heat comes right. from above. But it's, dri- and and it's driven why... by a fan, right? Yeah, and surprisingly, that's why air fry. you wouldn't expect this, but air fryers are way too good at cooking fish. Oh, interesting. Because fish is a delicate meat that can be cooked really quickly at high temperatures and is very suitable for broiling. Yeah, And so if you want to throw some salmon in an air fryer, you will come out with a product you were not expecting. That's cool because I, I love fish, but it is challenging to cook because you're always like, I really want to make sure this is cooked properly, but I don't want yes. to overcook it. Shrimp is the same way. Last thing I broiled was french fries in the air fryer. Because let me tell you, making french fries in the air fryer, that is easy mode bullshit. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I, I, okay, I've tried to make French fries, like, from scratch before. And doing that, like, first of all, frying at your house is not a fun thing. <laughs> like, oil splatters, you know, plus the cleanup is, you gotta wait for the oil to get cool. Oh, one time I didn't do that. <laughs> I, I can't remember what I was doing. I think I was actually frying up, I think it was just chicken or something. But I was doing like a fried chicken because I hadn't had any a while and I wanted to try and do it myself. It came out pretty good. But the issue was that I, I had let the oil set off the heat, you know, to get cool. But I didn't wait oh. for it to get fully cool. And I poured it in my trash can because we don't pour it in the sink. <laughs> this is common knowledge. Well, some people don't well, seem should, to understand Yeah, I, I say common knowledge. It should be common knowledge. It's not. But. Some people do not seem to understand that. We don't put oil in the sink. It screws up your drainage. So I, I, and I poured it in the trash can. It was still hot enough to melt through the trash sack. <laughs> Surprise. So obviously I didn't find out about that until trash day because it was already, you know, there was already stuff in there. I couldn't see all the way to the bottom. So I pulled the bag out and I was like, oh, I know exactly what did that. <laughs> what is your favorite food with a face? I'm definitely not a vegetarian. Most of the food I like has faces on it. Let me amend. Your favorite food served with its face still attached. Oh, well, I think I might be limited to pork and fish in that area. I mean, I gotta say fish. There used to be, the only place, I don't even know if it still exists anymore post-COVID because I moved away from Dallas, but there used Mm. to be a restaurant in downtown Dallas called CBD Provisions that served pig's head. And oh. they would just slow roast that thing and bring out, here's your pig's head, and you just cut meat off this skull. Apparently and the cheek meat is really good. Apparently. I, I only ate it one time, and, I mean, it tasted like pork to me. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing about pork is you really want to season. It's like chicken. You really want to season it strongly with, with a very defined type of flavor. 
My favorite food that still comes with a face attached is called shishamo. And uh, shishamo is a kind of a smelt that you'll find in Japan a lot. And it is served whole and it is broiled. (laughs) And it is caught and prepared while pregnant. Oh, so now with with the roe or with actual... Oh, yeah, fish don't give live birth, so it'd have to be roe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's rough. And so you have these very <laughs> pregnant egg-filled fish that are broiled, and they're served, and they're very delicate. Like, yeah. you, it comes up, and the face by this point is just really crispy. And so you eat that, and it's just crunch. And this is an aside, <laughs> but this is very funny because our usual co-host on this show, Lauren, is a vegetarian and rarely a pescatarian. Mm. And so our constant talk of cooking and nonstop meat is very much a diversion from what usually happens here. This won't be her favorite conversation probably ever. Well, I mean, she said shishimo, I think. Mm. But anyway, I bet, so you I get bet the this, eggs uh, add a really interesting flavor to it. And that's the thing. You yeah. get this you, you get this broiled fish that comes out crispy and its belly's full of eggs and all of that is just 100% salty goodness. And yeah. away you go. It's usually served as an appetizer. Yeah, that may, I assume they're very little things. Yeah, about 15 centimeters long. The The world record I would just learn from Wikipedia is 70 centimeters. For the same fish? <laughs> For the same fish. Wow. It's well, a big old smelty. Fish have been getting smaller because we have size limits on catches and we only caught the bigger ones. So they're just adapting to not grow quite as quickly. <laughs> and so god damn it yeah precisely so we need to do some tweaking on there to catch like the ones that are a little like a little bit behind where we want them at that at that size and then hopefully drive it back up when you hear the phrase eating face <laughs> what do you associate uh, honestly nothing culinary <laughs> I, it, it sounds like a really gross way to say kissing i guess yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, and so this was this is from Urban Dictionary, and when you look up eating face, the very first three entries that come up are have to do with kissing. So it's like ah. Frenching or doing so very publicly, or it's like kissing with a lot of tongue, that kind of thing. However, the fourth definition down on Urban Dictionary is my favorite because it is getting high on bath salts. <laughs> well. <laughs> That's art imitating life there. Um, I, I do wonder, Did you though, just refer to eating face as art? Uh, well, I, I was referring to the the uh, Urban Dictionary as perhaps a collective piece of fiction. I wonder about that bath salts thing. Like, was it just yeah. the fact that it was bath salts, or was it the fact that it was in Florida? I think that was the yes. deciding factor. It's both. Yeah. When yeah. you combine those you two things... You can't have one without the other. Right, right, right. Well, you can take bath salts and not be in Florida. Like, it's not a good yeah, but idea. Then, but then you don't get the public access to yeah. police records. Yeah. You know what, though? I don't think that's the only reason the stories are, are so proliferant and crazy. I think it's the humidity. I think it's the weather. I think people just go nuts <laughs> in that kind of humidity. <laughs> it's not Ron DeSantis. Who's going to build a prison next to Disney? <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that how successful Disney has been at fending them off. Like, it's the literal government of the state, and Disney's just been taking them to court and taking them to court. Oh, it's that's funny. Like, I'm not necessarily rooting for Disney. I'm not a huge fan, but, like, it's funny. <laughs> so more food with faces. 
Yeah. This is a this is a Japan story. And this is the one of two, maybe three times that I went to a maid cafe. And this was adorable. At the time, I had a cell phone that could accommodate charms. And so it <laughs> hashtag Japan, you have all the dangly shit coming off your phone. And the only charm I had at the time was one for a band called The Pillows. And The Pillows have a mascot. And their mascot is a creepy-looking teddy bear who's called Buster Coon. And at this particular maid cafe that I went to, the maid, who was unfortunately assigned to deal with me, happened to be a Pillows fan as well. And she saw my cell phone charm, and she was like, you like the pillows? And I was like, I do like the pillows. And she was like, I love the pillows. (laughs) And the specialty of this maid cafe was omurice. And that's a delicious staple, which is essentially an omelet that's served on top of rice. Yeah, I've had that. And you can see them all over. There's one really cool guy on TikTok that serves them just perfectly, where the inside is still just a little bit runny and, yeah, super tasty. Oh, did I ever tell you I tried to make that once? Actually, twice. Nope. <laughs> no, you'll get it. there. No, it, it, once, no, twice, no, 2000, no. It's on the 2001st try that you get it. Yeah, it's not easy. And I didn't think it's, it would be, tough. but I had to try it, you know. It's that it's that tappy wrist thing yeah. where you like have to roll the egg over onto itself. That yeah, everybody fucks that up. And they make it look so easy. They yeah, but they anyway, really do. My omurice came out, and it was not that. It was not the perfectly cooked, you're here right. for the omurice, you're here for the tits, right? I have a question and, about that place. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Because I, the concept just sounds like I would hate it. Uh, I mean, it's ego-stroking. Yeah, but... But they're not naked. No, I, I understand. But, like, so well, I like you're getting, but I don't like strip clubs either, so... No, 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 but that's the thing. If you go to a strip club, you're not getting food. Right. Like, if if you get a beer at a strip club, you have to pay for a beer. Right. And then there's no food coming along with it. And also, girls have their tits out, and you have to give them money, too. Right. Well, at, at a maid cafe, they're just your waitress. Oh, okay. So they don't, like, sit at the table or anything. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's not so bad. They just sort of chat yeah. a little bit, and then, okay, yeah, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. That's it's, fine. It's, like going to a, it's, it's like going to Hooters. Well I, well, I mean, I was thinking of the Tilted Kilt, which is a place I have. Some yeah, or the Tilted of. Kilt, which doesn't exist anymore. I know. Fucking it was, God. It was, the, it was the only one that just, like, they, if you were a woman, they'd hire you. And that's what I loved about it. Yep. And so my omurice came out, and my maid, such as it was, had drawn Buster Coon, this creepy <laughs> teddy bear, in ketchup on my omelet. That's adorable. It was super adorable. And that leads me into my next two points of contention. (laughs) One is an article that I found in Cosmos magazine. The title is, When Food Has a Face, People Prefer Not to Eat It. Uh, Hold on. I just have to clarify something because I don't know if I heard you. Cosmo or Cosmos? Cosmos. Okay. Yeah, not not cosmopolitan. Yeah, Cosmos as I in was... Carl Sagan, but not associated with Carl Sagan. Yeah, okay. I, I'm, I'm aware of the difference. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> Go ahead. And so they cite a study published in the Journal of Consumer Psychology that says when food has a face, most Westerners don't enjoy it. Hmm. And so like, if you have a 
as illogical as it is, if you have a gingerbread man and you have to eat the gingerbread man, most people bite the head off first to minimize its suffering. Oh, interesting. That doesn't make any sense. It's a cookie. Yeah. Like, it's not going to feel pain. But here's this anthropomorphoid thing. It's like, well, I don't want to eat it from the legs. That would cause it pain. I always started with the head because it felt like awkward to hold it the other way around. <laughs> but maybe I subconsciously do it cruelty. to put him out of his misery. Of course, the other thing is I don't really like gingerbread cookies very much. So I fucking love gingerbread cookies. Yeah, they're they're not my uh, thing. The, the alternative was they had bowls of M and M's, and one of the bowls of M and M's had been prepared, and they had painted faces on the blank sides, <laughs> and so you had lots of smiley faces looking up at you, and the other M and M's were regular, and. There were 75% more of the regular M&Ms consumed as opposed to the ones with faces See, on them. Now, that's different because they're just like one little bite. You pop an M&M in. I think that would, to me, that would be like, oh, cool. Now I get the power of smiles or something. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that would bother me at all. Like, I can see there why people one. don't want to see like a lamb head, you know, with their <laughs> chops or something. I sort of, I get that. <laughs> this one had anthropomorphized apples. <laughs> um, after seeing apples with faces, consumers reported lower desire to eat apples and said that they would enjoy eating apples less versus being compared to apples without faces. <laughs> Wait, now were the faces just drawn on with a Sharpie or was this like Photoshop? It's Photoshopped. But did they look like human faces but on an apple? No, 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 no. It, they look very chibi and cartoony. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think you could. I think I would be less hungry in general if you did a really good job photoshopping a human face onto an apple. But I don't know if it would be specifically apples that I didn't want to eat. That's interesting. Okay, so that leads us to my <laughs> final point in this ridiculous cascade of ideas that I had, because <laughs> I said Western audiences, didn't I? Oh yes, because in Japan they have a contest. Based around putting faces on food. <laughs> That's wonderful. And these very specific items are called kyaraben, uh, which is a shortened form of character bento, where you take <laughs> bento box food and dress it up to look as cute and anthropomorphized as possible. And now it has evolved to the point where they have yearly contests on who can make the cutest character bento and then you know you eat it yeah i gotta say you know since we've been talking about japan so much i was thinking the other day like who has the best overall food in the world i think it's probably japan like they're it's really it's either good. japan or india or china Mm, I, I would put Japan over China. India, I India, I'm, I'm very hit or miss on. Some of their dishes are incredible, and some of their dishes are not for me. And it's, it has nothing to do with the spice. It's just different flavors that I guess I'm not used to. But who who made century eggs? Was that Japan or China? That China. Okay. Or actually, that might be Southeast. Uh, I think that's China. It's not. Man, I don't, Korean barbecue is pretty hard to top. Korean barbecue is really good. Uh, I'm just looking up century eggs. Not yeah. in Britain. It's a Chinese uh, dish. I've never had a century egg. I have. They're okay. Mm. If you like very hateful food. Are they? I mean, is it like a pickled egg? No, no. It tastes uh, very sulfurous. Mm. 
Well, do you have any uplifting thoughts for our listeners? Yeah, I, I think so. I think the next time you order a face broiled and it comes out fried, uh, be sure to alert your server because that might be someone else's broiled face. And I don't think they can give it to them after they've already given it to you, but at least they'll know and they can start another order right away. Be nice to people who work in the service industry. God damn it. That's my uplifting message. 